We welcome our online audience, those who are watching online. Thank you so much for joining us today. We invite you to be our guest if you're ever in our area. It's one thing to watch online. It's on a whole nother level to be in the house. And we'd love for you to stop in, be our guest. God bless you for tuning in today. I'm going to talk to you on this Mother's Day. I want to talk to you about the thought, Hagar, the forgotten mother. Hagar, the forgotten mother. Before I read Genesis 16, I want to set it up a little bit for you. We're realizing that Abraham has been promised that he was going to become the father of many nations, that God was going to give him a son. One problem. His wife, Sarah, was way past childbearing years. She had already gone through the change. We know what we're talking about. She had already progressed past that, way beyond that point. And Abraham, he was getting up there as well. And so God said, I'm going to give you a son. And so they had this problem. Of course, we know that Sarah comes up with this bright idea, not bright idea, but how about you sleep with my servant, Hagar, and she'll help you out and she'll give you a child. So let's pick it up in Genesis 16, 1 through 15. Now, Sarai, Abraham's wife, had borne him no children, but she had an Egyptian slave named her Hagar. So she sent to Abram, the Lord has kept me from having children. Now go sleep with my slave. Perhaps I can build a family through her. And Abraham's like, all right, that sounds cool to me. Let's go. And so he agreed. No arguments here, just saying. Look, he said, no arguments. He agreed with Sarah and said, so after Abraham had been living in Canaan 10 years, may the Lord, look what he says, Sarah, his wife, took her Egyptian and gave her to her husband to be his wife. He slept with Hagar and she conceived and she knew she was pregnant. She began to despise, everybody say that word despise. We'll come back to that in a minute. Despise her mistress. And then Sarai said to Abram, you are responsible for this problem. Who figure, right? You're, this is your problem. And this is the reason why I'm suffering. I put my slave into your arms and now she knows she is pregnant. She despises me. May the Lord judge between you and me, your slave in his hands. Abram said, do what you want, whatever you think is best. Leave me out of this. I just did what you asked me to do. And then Sarai mistreated Hagar. So she fled from her. Those are important things. She mistreated her. She fled from her. And then the angel shows up after she flees in the desert. She found Hagar near a spring in the desert and said, go back to your mistress and tell her. The angel added, I will increase. The way he says, a promise to her, I will increase your descendants so much that they will become numerous, too numerous to count. You are now pregnant and you will give birth to a son. You shall name his name Ishmael. For the Lord has heard your misery and he will be a wild donkey of a man. Some of you ladies say, I married that man. All right. He'll be a wild donkey of a man. His hand will be against everyone and everyone's hand against him. He will live in hostility toward all of his brothers. So Hagar bore Abram a son and Abram gave the name Ishmael to the son he had born. Let me jump into our introduction today and let me say, there's a saying that says, the hand that rocks the cradle, what? Rules the world. And I believe that to be very true. You can't get away from the influence of ladies and mothers in the house. The title mother is revered, respected, honored, celebrated, feared more than any title a man could carry. Mama is definitely, come on now, man, you know this is true. 
Mama is definitely more celebrated than Daddy ever thought about being celebrated. Come on now. Y'all know I'm right. Come on. How many ever had a problem getting a lunch reservation on Father's Day? But today, restaurants are packed out. Restaurants have reservations already reserved. People are, are treating mom to dinner. You know it's true. Growing up, people can talk about your daddy. You may not, you may not like it, but it's okay, right? But let them say two words. Your mama, and all of a sudden, you're ready to fight, right? It's, those are fighting words. No other words uh, produce more fights than your mama, right? Put your life in jeopardy when you talk about people's mama that way. Amazing things happen when a woman's heart is set to a child. When a woman's heart is dedicated to a child, miracles can happen, amazing things happen. The true strength of a woman is not found in the birthing pains. Even though I can tell you by first-hand experience, that to be very true. I remember being in the birthing room with my wife as she held on to my hand. And when the epidural didn't take, and she dug those nails into my hand, and there was blood dripping down my hand. How many know I didn't say a word? I said, just breathe, baby, just breathe. <laughs> didn't dare. Didn't dare say anything. You can do it. You can do it. Still got scars today. You look right there. I'm not saying giving birth is not painful, but what I am saying is this, that true strength is not found in the birthing of a baby. True strength is found afterwards in the nurturing and the praying and the guiding and the loving and the comforting of those children. That's why the title mother is not limited to those who just have given birth. Look at this. I think it's so true that the noun mother may apply to certain women, but the verb mother, the verb mother, it rests in the heart of every woman. Rests the heart of a mother, the action of a mother. You, if you're a lady here today, you have the heart of a mother. We can all look back and say we wouldn't be here without certain women in our life. We wouldn't be here without women who invested in us. We wouldn't be here without mothers who cared for us. We wouldn't be here without aunts and grandmothers who jumped in and godmothers, friends who jumped in and, and filled the role as a mom when you needed it. We, we, we wouldn't be here without teachers who poured into us, people who guided us, people who loved us, friends' moms who were there to lend an ear when you didn't have anybody else to talk to. Our world is full of day of strong leaders who were formed and influenced by strong women. All the ladies say, yeah, come on now. We can all give honor. Give all these honors to these ladies today. Yeah, let's give honor to the women of the house. The world wouldn't be here today. You wouldn't be here without you. All of us got where we are with the influence of women in our life. Many, not just one, but many women in our life. You know, isn't it funny how when you, you turn on a game, uh, NFL and uh, college, a big time game, and they put the camera on the, the, the son, Tim, you know, the, the dads, we don't do a lot of things, but one of the things we do do, we go to the games, we make the kids have, sure they have all the equipment they need, we take in the practice, we volunteer as coaches many times, and we do all this stuff, work with them all through their athletic career, and then they get on TV and they're like, hi mom. <laughs> I had a conversation with my son Landy the other day, we were watching the draft, and 
some of his, his teammates had just recently got drafted and some of the top linemen in his conference, a handful of them got drafted as well. And he's quickly rising uh, to the top of his conference in linemen. And so we don't know, but you know, and we got two more years of eligibility. Who knows what may happen at the end of those two years that maybe he may have a chance to sign or maybe he has a chance to get drafted. Possibility. I said, I don't know what's going to happen, son. But if you get drafted or signed with the NFL team and the camera goes on you and you say, hi, mom, and not hi, dad, I will reach through that camera and slap you upside your head. <laughs> Come on, dads, amen. Just give me a, this is where you say amen, dad. I need your help. Okay, thank you. All right. The Bible is full of stories of powerful women. The Bible is full of stories of powerful mothers. I mean, all throughout Scripture, we'll see story after story after story of these powerful women who shaped, shaped the world. They shaped the Bible. They shaped creation. They, they shaped all these things that God had planned, and they, they were part of God's master plan. Today, I want to talk about a mother, though, who doesn't get much attention. She gets ignored a lot, and when she is talked about, She's not talked about in a positive light very often. Her, her name is Hagar. Now, I can prove to you real fast that Hagar was not regarded as someone of high regard because of all the biblical names that we pass on to our children. This house is full of people passed on with biblical names. There's, there's some Ruths in the house, right? We all know some Ruths. We all know some Naomi's, right? We all know an Aunt Esther or two, right? Come on now. We all know some Sarahs. We all know some Rebecca's. We all know some Leah's. We all know some Rachel's. And need to be said, we all even know a Delilah or two. Come on, even Delilah gets some respect somewhere. But how many people do you know the name of Hagar? Hagar's not passed on. It's oftentimes skipped over. It's oftentimes ignored. And oftentimes you'll even see the few times I have heard of Hagar being talked about, most of the time it had to do with Ishmael, and it was taught and preached in a negative context that was so out of order. It was not taught in a biblical way. Many times people want to take something and skew it and say, you know, if you get ahead of God, God's going to curse you and give you an Ishmael. That's not true. God didn't curse Ishmael. I want you to know that. As you're going to see in this Bible story today, God's hand of favor was upon Hagar and Ishmael. And don't allow anybody to tell you anything any different today. But because of the context of the story, they're often a side note. Hagar was a very powerful woman. She indeed is often, though, often is ignored because she's seen just as an extra. She's seen as a mistake. She's seen as the mistress. She's wrote off as a slave to Sarah and a mistress to Abraham. Come on now. I'm going to, what I'm going to tell you today, you won't find any better story on the Real, high, real Housewives or any city you can name, any soap opera, any Netflix special, I'm telling you, documentary, you're going you're gonna to see this story is really raw, okay, today. It's really raw and it's really real. And if you don't think the Bible is full of real people with real problems, listen up. The Bible is full of real people with real problems and real mistakes who serve a real God who redeems and blesses anyway. Come on now. Let me introduce you to a very strong woman by the name of Hagar. There's something about Hagar that draws the attention and favor of God. The story picks up that Abraham has a promise. Abraham has a promise, but Sarah's got a problem. Abraham promised he would become the father of many nations and have a son. 
problem, Sarah cannot give forth a son naturally without a miracle from God. She's been barren all of her life, and she's already past her age of giving birth. So Abraham has a promise. Sarah has a problem. Isn't it like many of us? <laughs> Sarah decides to go out and to help God out. All right, God, you gave a promise to my husband, so I'm going to help him out. Hagar was owned by Sarah. She worked for Sarah. Now, what I want you to get in this word, we hear this word slavery, and I know it has a negative context, especially what we know over the past couple of hundred years. But it's, it's a different context here. What we see in this time that many people who were slaves were actually volunteering. They applied to be slaves in these homes. They, they applied. Some of them were purchased, but they had laws that made sure they were treated fairly, that they had days off. And they were often treated as part of the family. They had to be nurtured for. They had to be fed. They had to be clothed. You see, when Abraham traveled, he didn't travel lightly. Go on, you'll see. He was a very rich man, and they had all these workers. All of them had their tents, and all of them had their silver, and all of them had their gold. All of them had their food. He brought it with them. He was responsible for all of them, and so many people wanted to be a part of this. This wasn't something where we see where maybe this person was not there unwillingly. There was often many times people wanted to be there because they wanted to work for this family. And so what I see here though is happening is here is that we have a problem. Hagar was owned by Sarah. So if she had a child, then that child would legally belong to Abraham and Sarah. They could then begin to own her and raise her as their own. That Hagar could be the, the, the stepmom. Hagar could be the, the nanny. Hagar could be the babysitter. Hagar could be the substitute teacher. Hagar could be all those things. But if Sarah and Abraham wanted, they could have said, all right, this is our child. We're going to raise them up as our own. So you see where her mind was going. Not only was she trying to fix the problem, but as in fixing the problem, she would also have ownership of this child. And so it seemed like a good idea in her old age of thinking. It seemed like a good idea. But ladies, it's never an idea to tell your husband to sleep with somebody else. Just a little for, for, for Todd, okay? It never works out good. It never will work out good. It's never worked out good, all right? And so we see this happening here. And Hagar is asked. Now, what I want you to get in the story is this, is that it was Sarah's idea she told Abraham, and Abraham's like, okay, honey, whatever you say. Abraham consented. Sarah consented. But we never read in the story that Hagar consented. Pastor Jean, you mean what I'm thinking you mean? I, I'm just telling you, I'm not going to go as far as to say the R word, but I will tell you this. I'm going to tell you this. We've never seen a story where Hagar consented to this. She may have been pressured and went along with it, but we've never seen where she fully consented to this happening. And what I want to tell you is that sometimes life is not fair, right? Sometimes bad things happen to good people. Sometimes people are forced into situations. Could I, could I go on to tell you this, that sometimes there's, there's people who get pregnant and dad runs out. 
There's sometimes people get pregnant and dad doesn't show up at the altar. There's sometimes that women are forced to carry and be a single mom. I know that we read everything in scripture and everything science tells us that kids are more healthy when they have two parents in the home, when they have a father and a mother. Yes, that is correct. That is the way God designed it and that is the way God wants it to be. But let me tell you, single moms today, you didn't always have a choice and maybe you didn't choose to be single. Maybe you didn't choose to raise this baby alone. But when you put your heart to God, when you look to God as the head of your household, even God can come in and make something special out of your son. Even God can come in and make something special out of your home. When you put God first, this is what we see happening in Hagar's life. She had a baby, whether she planned it or didn't, she's there. She's impregnated now. She's going to have a son. But now she's being mistreated. She's upset. Many people want to disqualify Hagar. She's out of God's blessing. She had, she, she had that baby without a husband who was married to another woman. And oh, she did this. Listen, yeah, she, she, it all happened. But who knows if she had a choice or not? I know. It's, it's, it's real, isn't it? When you look at the Bible, it's full of flawed people with some, some really flawed, messed up things at times. But the great news is you can read the story and you read the rest of the stories. There's always redemption through Jesus. There's always redemption through Jesus. And oftentimes we write off people who don't fit our narrative. Oftentimes we write them off because it didn't happen the way, exactly the way God wanted it to happen. But let me tell you, we see proof in this story that God shows up to her in the desert and begins to promise your son is going to be blessed. You're going to be blessed. So his idea, whose idea was it? Doesn't make a difference. God had an idea and it was, it was going to happen. God made it happen. God allowed it to happen and God brought blessing. Sarah gets mad. Because Hagar gets pregnant. Well, didn't you just ask her? You did. I know. But then she changes her mind once it actually happens. Not that any lady would ever do that, but this is what happens. And she gets mad, and the Bible says she despises me. Abraham, I don't like that Hagar anymore because she despises me. And when you go back and look at that word despise, it has more context than what we would use despise today. Our version despise would be angry, mad at, but this was in the same context. This version of despise, when you studied out, really had more of that she began to see her on the same level. She began to see her eye to eye. No longer was this big gap between them. Now they were working and looking side by side. She no longer sees me as her executive. She no longer sees me as above her. See, things begin to happen. One of two things happen. Either Hagar has brought Sarah down to her level, or Hagar decided, I'm moving on up. Come on now. She decided she was going to move up. She was like, you know what? I'm not going to allow myself to be disrespected. I'm going out in the desert, and the Lord spoke to me just like he spoke to Abraham, that he was going to bless my child. He was going to bless me. Something began to happen on the inside of her, and she began to despise her because she began to see 
some self-confidence coming back to her. She began to see things happening. She decided not to be treated like a slave any longer. She decided she was going to be treated differently than what she had been treated. Hagar seen something in herself, and all of a sudden she began to rise up to Sarah's level. Treating Sarah like, yeah, girl, we got it going on. Yeah, girl, we're, we're, I'm having the child. Yeah, girl, I got this going on. God is blessing us. God's blessing us. She had a new confidence. She began to walk with a new self-respect. Ladies, let me encourage you today. That there comes a time. Look at this. There comes a time when you have to see something in yourself that nobody else has seen yet. Ladies, are you hearing me today? Whether you're 16, 26, 36, 56, we'll stop there out of respect. Well, I'm going to tell you this. There comes a time when you got to look in the mirror and see something in you that nobody else has seen. That I am wonderfully and fearfully made by the Lord. That I belong and he has a purpose in my life. And he wants to use my life. He wants to bless my kids. He wants to bless my family. He wants to bless myself. Come on now, come on. He wants to bless you. Ladies, you got to know it. You got to feel it. It feels good when you have a man speak over you. Every woman likes it when a man speaks comforting words, when he speaks encouraging words, when he heaps praises on you. But I'm here to tell you there's a time when you got to learn to speak it on yourself. There's a time when you got to quit waiting on some man just because he gives you the wrong attention doesn't mean he has the right motives. Come on now. You got to look in yourself and say, God, I am more than enough in you. God, I am complete in you. God, I am whole in you. My kids can be raised blessed as any other kids. God, you got a favor for my family just like you have favor for Abraham's family. You got it for mine as well. Do we have any D.C. ladies in the house who know that you are called of God, that you are wonderfully made of God? Come on, give God a hand clap. Say, yeah. Hagar elevates who she is. This gets Sarah mad. And then Hagar decides to herself, you know what? This ain't worth it. Hagar gets pregnant. She feels the spirit of God speaking to her. So now all of a sudden she's like, uh-huh. I'm important in this family too. Uh-huh. God wants to bless me too. Uh-huh. Yeah, God's got a plan for me too. Then it says that Sarah got mad and she began to mistreat her. Now, we never seen before or after this part of the story ever before where Sarah mistreated Hagar. Only during this time when she was going through her slow self-esteem, jealousy time, we see her begin to be mistreated, abused. And some people teach that she was kicked out. No, no, no. She was not kicked out. Do you think Abraham had enough guts at this time to kick anybody out? No, he was just like handpicked. All right, honey, whatever you want. Yeah, okay. You, you guys take care of it. I'll be back behind here waiting for the next. Okay, yeah, all right, right. He's over here hiding out. It says that Hagar decided, I don't need this. I will leave. She fled. She left Abraham and Sarah. Why did she leave? Because she was being mistreated. See, there was something about Hagar's life that attracted the favor of the Lord that God really liked. 
And couldn't we see part of it right here rising up that she had so much self-respect that she said, you're not going to talk to me that way. You're not going to put your hands on me. You're not going to verbally abuse me. You're not going to mistreat me. I got more self than that. My son will not be born into this chaos. I'm going to take my son and take myself and we'll just get out of here and we'll find us somewhere else to live. Ladies, come on now. You're going to have that boldness inside of you. Don't step around and be anybody's format. You are wonderfully and carefully made by the Lord. The Lord shows up. Why is this important? That she has a strong backbone because the Lord already prophesied to her. The angel prophesied, listen, Hagar, your son, he's going to be a wild donkey. He's going to be fighting all of his life. People are going to fight him. He's going to fight them. He's going to have a rough time growing up. He's going to be in a lot of fights. Why would he be in a lot of fights? I don't know. Could it be that he was now going to be what we would call, he was a mixed race now, a time when that wasn't allowed, a time that was not favored. He, he, was, he was a mixed race. And then now... He was not only a mixed race. Now his father will not have anything to do with him. He was born out of wedlock to a slave mom. I mean, you imagine that he was going to have a hard time growing up with that reputation. He was going to learn how to be tough. He was going to learn about self-respect. If nobody gives you self-respect, you got to learn to stand up for yourself. Who was going to teach him that than a woman who had just gone through that? She had just gone through that, stood up for herself and left and said, I am not going to stay here and go through the abuse. Ladies, do not stay in a place where you are being abused. God, look, but God wants me to forgive. Yes, God wants you to forgive, but he also wants you to be safe. He also wants you to have self-respect. You can work on restoration. You can work on all those things from a distance, but don't allow yourself to stay there. Don't allow your children to witness you stay in a place where you're under constant abuse. I wish I had some strong moms to say amen this morning. Come on now. She was raising up a man of God. She was raising up a man of God. He was going to have to know what it meant to stand up for himself. He's going to have to know what it meant to fight for his reputation. He, she was raising up a strong man of character. She was going to shape him, develop him. See, a real woman of God doesn't let people walk over them. It says that, the Bible says that, I want you to go back. The angel said, I want you to go back and I want you to submit. And she did that. She went back and submitted to their authority. Where have we heard that message recently, Right? Go back, submit to their authority, and I'm going to bless you. And so she obeyed what God told her. But what we see is this. When she went back, she was no longer mistreated, which tells me that she walked back into the house and said this, I'm back. I'm here to work. I'm here to serve. I'm here to be a part of this family. We're going to have a child. Abraham, we're, Sarah, we're all in this together, and I'm back. But you will not talk to me that way again. You will not treat me that way again. God has called me. God has got his hand upon me. God has got his favor upon me. And the reason why I bring this narrative out, and I believe it's overlooked so many times as this, is that many times we have a lot of single moms in the house who all the Mother's Day's messages go along with Father's Day and Mother's Day, and we feel like maybe I, I, I didn't do my my kid right by not having the father involved in their life. Maybe I, maybe I didn't do this right or this isn't going to happen. Maybe my kid's going to come out messed up. Listen, what I'm here to tell you is this, that 
God can redeem any situation in our life. As long as you keep your heart toward him, keep your self-respect, know who God has called you to be. Look in the mirror and know you are wonderfully created of the Lord. You are the apple of his eye. You are the very thing that he created, a thing of beauty, self-confidence, that he wants to use your life. And even though you didn't choose to be in that situation, God can bring it back when you put him first. God, until I get a husband, you remain the husband of my home. God, until I get a man to lead us spiritually, you are the spiritual leader of our home. And God, I'm submitting to you. And God, if you can do it for Abraham's kids, you can do it for my kids. God, if you can do it for Pastor Gene's kids, you can do it for my kids. God, if you can do it for my sister's kids, you can do it for my kids. My kids are going to be somebody. My kids are going to do something for the Lord. God is going to bless. God is going to bless. God is going to bless. Don't allow your circumstances to bring you down. Don't allow your circumstances to bring the walls, to kill your dreams, to be a statistic and allow God to, to be at the center and anything is possible. This story destroys that narrative. Pastor, are you telling me fathers aren't important? No. If you hear that today, you're hearing the wrong message. That is not what I'm saying. But what I'm saying is I know this room is full of people who didn't have a choice. This room is full of people who a man walked out on you, a father walked out, a husband walked out, a boyfriend walked out on you and left you. And you chose to raise a family on your own and you've done a great job being mom and dad. It wasn't easy, but you did your best. And I just encourage you today, as you put God first in your family, whether you are mom and dad or whether you're just mom, whether you're just dad, but put God first and allow him, allow him to bless. God is not gonna make you live under a curse. God wants to bless. God wants you to bless. God wants you to be blessed. God wants to bless you. Some of you need to get some self-esteem today. If you're living in a place where you're under constant abuse, get some help. Reach out. Get out of that place. Get your children out of that place. Get yourself out of that place. Get some help. The Bible's full of every story of every, about every person in the Bible. Isn't it amazing? The Bible can relate to almost every mom, right? Every mom we can relate to has got a story. God, I thank you. As we bow our heads, God, I thank you that your word is full of instruction, of, full of redemption. As we see moms who've had a hard time, may they know today, God, that you are drawing near to them. Matter of fact, today, if, if you're a lady today, can you just stand up at a house? High school is okay. Single's okay. Mothers, non-mothers, it's all right. All the ladies stand up in the house. I want to pray a prayer of blessing over you today. Can I do that as your pastor? Can I just open, open your hands up, ladies? I want to pray for you. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for powerful, godly women that have shaped the world, have shaped us, have nurtured us, have guided us, have taught us, have disciplined us, have empowered us. They pushed us along when we didn't think we could do it. Father, I thank you for godly women, godly mothers, Godly aunts and grandmothers and friends. I thank you for godly young women. God, may their heart be sold to you today, that knowing they are more than enough, that they never have to have a man to make them complete by speaking words over them, that they won't fall to 
sharp words. It won't fall to a man who's trying to speak what he wants just to get what he wants. I pray today that they become strong, valued women of God. As a father, spiritual father over them today, I pray covering over their minds, their hearts. May they wait for a godly man, a godly man to lead them in a godly way. I pray for the moms that are already having children right now and as they are struggling, many Danes feel like, God, I don't know if I can do this. God, am I doing it right? I'm making so many mistakes. May they know today you are with them. God, you are leading them and there is wisdom in them they don't even know. And we call out wisdom from all these mothers right now who are raising their children. God, I I pray patience and wisdom and love God, as they minister, as they raise the next generation, God, may you be drawing near to the mother who's tired, who's weary, giving them strength today. Lord, I pray for the moms and the grandmothers as they start the next generation, God. May they be a support to their children as they raise their children. May they use the wisdom they've learned to encourage, not to critique. May they use the wisdom they've learned to empower and not to deflate. And God, I pray right now you give grandmothers, Lord, the power of a praying grandmother, a power of a praying mom. May they pray over their children. May they release God's best for their life. I pray for the mom or the lady today, God, who feels like she's trapped in an abusive situation. God, give her the strength to leave that situation. God, give her the strength to step out in faith, God, and to leave that situation behind to take her children and show them there's something better. She has a respect for herself, respect for her children, because she sees that you've given it to her. She sees how you valued her. She sees how you've called her. God, I thank you for the ladies in the house today, God. We bless them, all of us today. We bless all these ladies, God, today, in Jesus' name. Now, can we join them, guys? Can we stand up across the auditorium today? You received that word. Put your hands together if you received that word today.